Welcome to The Health You Podcast. I am your host, Stevie Moon. You may know me from TikTok or Instagram. I am The Health Curator. I bring you skills and tools, education, motivation, inspiration, all to put you into the driver's seat, all to put you on the path of healing and awakening your hero. In today's episode, we're going to be doing just that. We're going inside. It's going to be a little bit of a life update, a little bit of a tactical guide through tough times. This week's episode is brought to you by The Collective. The Collective is a conscious community that receives high-level, high-octane healing guidance, meditations, and exclusive podcasts from me the health curator, Stevie Moon. Each month, we will have group guidance calls similar to the live lessons, uh, followed by a QA and a where you can ask me your questions one-on-one as a group. Uh, You will also gain access to two exclusive podcast episodes a month, the topics chosen by the collective, uh, the collective Facebook group where we connect and heal together consciously. I'm so excited to bring you the community Together, we will heal and rise. Thank you so much for the love and support, and I hope to see you in the collective. You can join the link in the doobly-doo in the description here of the podcast. And without further ado, along with the show. In the last couple weeks, I have been guided towards really tough times and uh, small tough times, large tough times. And I think that this is a hallmark for 2020, for 2020. Because no matter who you are or where you're from, nobody is leaving 2020 unscathed. We're going through a birth, a birth of our new self, a birth of a new world. And that means that there's going to be contractions. That means there's going to be a lot of pain and and, and trauma to the to the self but from it I believe that we will emerge uh, as our truest selves from this I hope that we evolve I, I believe that this is an opportunity to see what we didn't know existed underneath us the shadows and I've said this before many times but when we want the shadows to not be there we kind of create this resistance We don't need to fight the shadows. We don't need to control them, all these parts of us that we wish weren't there. No, we simply need to bring in the light. And by the light, I mean consciousness, awareness, your true self. We need to expose ourselves to the truth. And the truth is, is that we have all been going through really weird times this year. And some of those really weird times happen daily in daily moments of chaos and discomfort and disorientation. I I would say that disorientation is one of the the prime words for 2020 because it's just all like our snow globe just got shook up. And so it's it's there's a lot of moments of of small chaos. And then there's also lots of moments of huge chaos where it's not just shook up, but maybe also you've been transferred to a different snow globe because your snow globe got broke. All of this is to say, whether 
what you've been going through is small or large in terms of experience, we're going to handle them the same way. We're going to honor them. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So we often look at uncomfortable times as opportunities to get comfortable. We're like, we need to get comfortable as quick as possible. Um, And that's why I feel like a lot of people, and myself included, struggle with things um, from diet culture so much. Because the ideas in and of themselves, which is, uh, you know, eat, eat healthy, uh, nutritious foods... Um, and nourish your body uh, and move your body, those simple cores of the ideas, uh, there's no problems with those. But what is hard and we're not ever trained or given the guidance and the compassion to is the fact that it's very uncomfortable to go from one set of habits to completely building a new set of habits and what kind of bridge are we looking for there? What kind of skills and tools do we need for this bridge? And these skills and tools and this bridge is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So let's jump raw in. I'm going to tell you what has been going on with me the last couple of weeks and that, that I haven't talked about because it's been, it's, it's still healing, but I think because it's very, very common, and when we don't talk about it very often, um, it's time to talk about it, and it's also time to bring some some compassion and healing for for us as a species. We go through lots of traumas, and we just kind of bottle them up, and we experience them in private. When the fact is, is that we always thrive together. We thrive together. We grow together. We heal together uh, in such a way that it, it really, it's an honor. It's an honor to do this together, to be together. So I'm just going to take off the mask here and I'm going to let my ego just go and rest because she's scared. And it's okay. I noticed that and it makes sense. So on September 11th, the day before my birthday, I found out I was pregnant. I was so excited, so happy. I surprised John. And then we went out the next day for my birthday and we were celebrating my birthday and the pregnancy. And we were just so happy. This was perfect timing and it just was so cosmic to find out my birthday and, um, And it was just such a a beautiful experience. And a week later, we're in bed and we are, because our couch still hadn't come yet. So we're watching a family movie in bed on the iPad because, as I said, we we didn't have a couch. Um, And I kind of felt something um, in between my legs. And I was kind of like, maybe it's discharge or something. I stood up and I went to the bathroom and I pulled my pants down and my pants were completely bloody and um I it was a complete moment of dissociation where like I zoomed out and then right back into my body and I was like 
I'm, I'm having a miscarriage. And something that was, honestly, I had no capabilities of the, the full empathy before. I had sympathy, but I had no clue um, until I went through this experience what it all means to have a miscarriage, what it feels like, what it's emotionally doing, and what it spiritually does and what it physically does. And I'm still honestly healing and I'm in that, in that, but I'm not necessarily in the ravine, in the bottom of the wave. So I, I, I like went out and I told John and, you know, we're kind of both freaking out. Um, I call like a 24 hour nurse and she said, you know, it's not going to really matter if you go to the doctor right now. Um, you know, as long as, based off of my symptoms, she's like, hey, you can go tomorrow or whatever. And, um, cause if it started, it started. Um, so I just, I, I felt like I was going to throw up in my body. I just, I, it was almost like I felt like I was imploding. I felt like I was going to throw up and, um, like I was collapsing upon myself and I just went and I laid down and in this moment, uh, you know, within the first couple hours, I just, I am just crying and I'm sobbing and I'm, and, and this is all I can muster. And I just, it, I kind of felt like my, my legs and my arms weren't working and it felt very similar to uh, what it felt like in some of my major depressive episodes, but it was all of a sudden. And it's just like I just, I, I had, felt like I didn't have life in my body. And it makes sense. A lot of, a lot of that energy was going towards the process of the, the miscarriage and, and, and everything. Um, but at the time, I just there was no search for meaning. There was no distress tolerance. There was nothing. Um, I did have the thought and I kept saying this out loud to John. My belief system doesn't go out the window. I know everything's happening for me, but I, I just don't know why this is happening for me. And I don't really want to know right now. I just need to, I just, and he's like, how can I support you? You know, and he just took Audrey out of the bedroom and I ended up basically spending the next two days in bed, um, in, in bed and just between the bed and the toilet, really. Um, and I didn't even have the willpower to go to the doctor the next day. Um, I just, I didn't, I also intuitively knew that I, they were just going to tell me that I was having a miscarriage and cause I, it, I didn't feel like I was dying or anything. Um, or, or like I didn't have a fever. So it was unlikely that I had anything really serious. It was just, I knew, I knew what was happening. And what's weird is, is that I had, I've been pregnant before I had, I carried full term before. Um, and some things about this pregnancy were a little bit different. Um, which was that I was having pains at night in the, in the middle of the night. I almost felt like I ha was having back labor in the middle of the night. I was waking up. Um, and so I would have been six weeks when I miscarried. Um, 
which is very common in, in that early stage. Uh, it, things are delicate, and sometimes the pregnancy doesn't fully um, take. But when you're in this moment, nothing like that even matters. It doesn't matter that it's common. It doesn't matter that that there's nothing that you did. There's nothing, no. All the emotions are coming up at once. The body's like, I just, like, I didn't feel like I could move. And I just fell over onto bed, crying. And honestly, that's the best thing that I could have done. And let me tell you why. Because I honored it. And I, and I let, and I let it out and I didn't try to stifle it or to tell it, this is the kind of experience you can have because I, I, in the moment I knew, and I just, the only thing that I knew was that this was happening for me. And in about an hour after it started, when I was pretty certain after I talked to the nurse and she's like, well, it could be that it's not, you know, but I you know, it could just be some spotting, but I knew, I, I knew what it looked like. I knew what it was. So I just kind of knew, okay, I have to surrender here. This is happening. I have to surrender to this. And that means that I surrender to the emotional wave that's happening to the physical wave that's happening into the spiritual wave that happens. And that I just allow myself to be here completely in this moment. And the one thing that you want to do in, in a time like this is you want to not be there and you want to numb and you want to cope. But instead of doing those things, instead of numbing out with food or coping with, with alcohol or anything like that, all things which I've done in the past, I just felt it. I just went through it and I honored it. And I saw it for what it was, which was a tragic loss, something that I just wanted to be who I needed at that moment. And sometimes in the these moments where maybe you're a little dissociative um, because it's actual physical trauma and emotional trauma and everything, uh, it can be hard. So I, I also jumped into the shower uh, at some point and just took a shower and kind of just really made sure I was drinking water. And water can be really grounding uh, in these moments. Um, but also there's only so much grounding in actual traumatic situations that you can do because you're in shock. And I felt like I was in shock for several hours. And then as it started to ramp up, you know, for that entire like two days, um, and even now just talking about it, like my, I am feeling the body sensations again. And it's very interesting. And I, and I know why I've been putting off this, this podcast because it, it sucks. And I'm, and I, and I really want to be a mom again in, in, in to another baby. And all those feelings that I know are not justified of, of, of guilt and, and, and shame they, they have old programming behind them. So by making this podcast, whether or not anyone listens, I'm facing that and I'm speaking truth, which is that it was very hard. It was very uncomfortable. 
And I felt very alone. Even though I had support. And even though I... I messaged my best friend and I I couldn't even call her I could I really I I could barely even type the words you know but in these times when moments like this happen we have an opportunity we have an opportunity to go through the experience without creating a victim narrative. And that's really hard because it would be very easy, and, I, and I'm sure that everyone who's listening has that sympathy and that empathy for, uh, for this situation. And it seems meaningless and... and it would be very easy for me to step into that role. But as my body fell to the bed and I'm experiencing this flood of emotion and energy that just is uncomfortable and I it, I really, it just feels like my entire body wants to purge this, this kind of energy. I realized I didn't need a victim. I didn't need that character to show up in this story right now I needed my hero and my hero needed to go through this I needed I needed to experience this and that's the thing that we kind of have forgotten is that heroes have really crappy things happen to them but they still show up as the hero and sometimes occasionally you know Harry Potter 5 uh, they don't show up as the hero, but eventually they have to show up as the hero again. And one of the ways that I really, really want you to take, if you take anything away from this, don't feel bad for me. Make sure that next time something happens to you, whether it be big or small, that you feel it. Feel it. Don't try to tell yourself you shouldn't be feeling this or you should feel better by now. It's been two weeks, Stevie. You shouldn't be feeling so um, emotionally exhausted or physically exhausted. You know, don't beat yourself up. Don't be a villain to yourself. Don't be a victim here. Be your hero. And this is not shaming anybody who's feeling like, oh, shit, why is this happening? Because that's how I felt. But why is this happening can often evolve into anger and shame and guilt and a lot of fear. And while those certainly will come up, they can also pass. But they cannot pass if you cling to them and start to assign them the meaning. Well, this is happening because I went for a run. And I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible mom and I, and I, and I killed the life inside me, which is definitely a thought that came up, even though I ran for two miles and I was going so slow and it's very healthy. But that could have been a story that I latched onto because it popped up in my mind.
are stories that we tell ourselves in moments of, of, of trouble um, really, really will shape things. And what I think I learned is that instead of assigning a, a story in that moment, um, because certainly not, no story in that moment would have any meaning because I was actually going through shock and trauma, but instead being present there. Like I said in the beginning, bringing in that light. And by that light, meaning consciousness and awareness. In the power of now, this is, this is talked about quite a bit by Eckhart Tolle. Being present in these moments, you feel this entirety of this experience. And the truth is, is that not every experience in life is going to be comfortable or fun or filled with joy. But we can be at peace. And by experiencing and feeling this to the fullest, very quickly, I'd say within maybe like eight hours, I was at peace. And I just... I, I, I still stayed in bed because I didn't have really the physical energy and I was still crying a lot and, and, and releasing a lot. But I, I laid down and... I set up uh, a little makeshift TV kind of station because I don't have a TV in my bed, bedroom. Um, and I watched Harry Potter. And that wasn't coping, or, or it wasn't numbing. Um, it wasn't really even coping. It was self-soothing. And there's a difference in your... Maybe you don't... Maybe there, that line has been crossed with you before, but when you start to get, build your trust back up with yourself and doing things with the intention of of loving yourself and being kind to yourself. I mean, here's a good way to ask yourself. If my best friend were here right now, what would they, how would they help me? What would they do? And for me, I mean, my best friend would help me and we'd make a little nest on my bed and we'd curl up and we would watch Harry Potter together. And we would know that even though this moment does not feel magical, that we are we're magical and we're living in a wonderful story that sometimes is going to feel like this. But we're not alone and we're safe and we're loved and we're going to honor this. We're going to honor this loss we're, and we're not, we're not going to try to disappear. <laughs> so... This is what's, what I've been growing through the last couple weeks. And like I said, it didn't go away just after two days. I feel very tired. I haven't been really making that much content. Um, I just have been taking time for myself and really filling up my cup. And I would say that's probably step two. Step one being feel it. Honor it. Anything that you feel, let it come up. Cry, scream, vomit, whatever it's going to take. No one is here to judge you. And if somebody is judging you, you know, um, that's on them. Be enough of a friend that you allow yourself to process this. Because, like, imagine your best friend just experience a loss and maybe 
somebody else can say, oh, they're losing it. You're not going to say that ever. You're going to give them the love and the compassion. You're going to create the space for them to go through this experience safely, loved, and supported. So be that for you. Safe, love, supported. Safety first, obviously. And sometimes in those dissociative moments, you don't feel very safe. So you got to create that space. And if you can't, then you need to call somebody who can help you create that space for you. I was lucky to have my husband there. And um, and I also kind of just felt like I lost the use of my limbs. So I didn't really feel like a, um, I, w- I was in any sort of danger at all. But I also knew that I was loved obviously by my husband and by my beautiful daughter who just I didn't really want her to witness all of the the, this but she did and I and I also didn't not want her to witness it because I want her to see somebody feeling it's very important I mean our parents may not have expressed themselves super feeling a lot and so maybe we didn't feel like it was safe for us to feel. But part of emotional regulation is that there is time and place for emotions. Um, And they teach us something and they communicate to us. And it's important to honor them and, and and to validate them. Because clearly numbing them away into and distracting ourselves so much that they, that we are not in this reality anymore doesn't work. You can go through something that will make everyone else suffer, you know, that, that it would make any other person suffer, and maybe even everyone around you say, yes, you should totally, I mean, I understand that you're suffering. But I'll be honest, my miscarriage, I didn't suffer. And I know that that sounds really weird. I was sad. I felt depressed. I felt the fear, the shame, the guilt. But it was an experience that taught me, and I think it's an an experience that bonded me and my husband. It made me a better mom. I think it's also making me a better me to me. I I basically got thumped on the head saying, you've got to take care of yourself. And sometimes, for me, I've noticed that I almost don't feel like I deserve to take care of myself. It's like it's an ego thing because my highest self loves me. I, my, my, my widest self understands. Take care of you, my best friend. But sometimes I just want to give and give and give. And the situation, I felt um, literally life drained from me. And I needed to refill it. And I still am doing that. So I appreciate I appreciate the patience as I grow through this. And as I'm not making you know, a ton of content. And, and people, I think, have been able to sense that there is different energy coming from me. And because they've been asking me a lot, how am I feeling? Which is interesting. Because I haven't really talked about this. But how I'm feeling is exactly how 
I'm meant to feel this. And I think the suffering comes when you say, I don't want this to be happening. I don't want this to be happening. But look, here it is happening. And clinging to a reality where it didn't happen. And I think of the life that was growing even for a brief time. Because if you've ever been pregnant, you you know that it doesn't matter how long you're pregnant for that entire reality starts to shape in your mind and you start to live, you know, you're having a baby. And all, you know, all of our social media, they, they know as soon, as soon as you like type in, you know, due day calculator, it starts popping up ads everywhere and that can be raw as well. You know, I'm still getting ads popped up for pregnancy. And when that happens, I, I notice a, a thought and a feeling. But instead of saying I shouldn't feel that or ignoring it or, you know, allowing that to uh, plummet me somewhere, I actually just feel it. Okay. Okay, sadness. I, I, I see you. Okay. It's still there. It's just, there's there's that that wound is still there and also my I'm still re reinvesting my energy back into myself. I've been spending a lot of time going uh, for hikes, spending a lot of time in nature. Um I went and got a Reiki session done. Uh because it I, I've been holding space for, for myself and I've been holding space for a lot of other people. And I think this is something that's very important. When you do this, this is tremendous and lovely and an honor. But also you can ask for other people to hold space for you. And sometimes that will be nature and the, and, and the forest. And that, I mean... <sighs> If you haven't ever gone hiking after a loss, um, I, I recommend it. There's a peace and calm that you find out where there's loss and death and, and stuff happening all around you, you know. But there's a peace, and I think that that peace is really what we need. Because there, it does us no good to try to resist what is happening. It's happened. And that doesn't invalidate your feelings. I'm telling you, feel them. Honor them. I'm not going to dishonor the life that was growing by saying, by by allowing those feelings and those thoughts to create stories and limitations and new beliefs that shape me in a negative way. That's not very honoring of, of the experience. That's... Um, that that would be creating a narrative that doesn't serve me. But let me be very clear. This is me talking two weeks after this has happened. And I haven't been able to talk about this until now. So maybe you're going through something and you can't talk about it for a month. 
and you can't get to that place where you realize, okay, I am going to rise from this. Even this, even this, I'm going to heal and I'm going to take care of myself. Now we're 30 minutes in and I want to give you some tactical tools. Um, and this is going to be something I'm just going to tell you kind of what I've done. Uh, first things first, I did, I did, I just felt it. And then I self-soothed, you know, I don't have friends here that are like my, my lifelong friends are not here where they can actually come and cuddle me in bed and we can watch, um, Harry Potter together. So I did it for myself. And honestly, I was very grateful for that. Um, and then after I had stopped bleeding, I, and I, and I kind of was feeling, I didn't really feel like I had tons of energy in my body, but I just went and I moved the next morning, you know, when I felt safe too. Um, and I really relied on magic movement, magic movement. I just did a class on it, but it, it is magic because chemically you change the chemicals in your body when you move. You change the electrical magnetic field that your heart emits. We're energetic beings and if your energy is feeling low, moving actually magically can affect that. It's the first tool that I went back to. And then after that... Um, I've been, like I said, I've been taking a lot of parasympathetic days. I don't know what's like a good schedule or like how long or whatever. And I'm not limiting myself to giving myself, you need to be better in two weeks. You've got two weeks for this. And that's, that's something that honestly I would have done before. I feel like, sorry, one second. Ooh. Gotta uncross my legs here. The, the thing is, is that in the beginning of my journey, I was very, I moved from my energy centers that were, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel secure. Then I got up to a place where like, I was all about willpower and like, and willing myself and just, you know, it was a very masculine, sympathetic energy and it served me that served me so that I could build habits. But I've grown and evolved into a new place. And I think you sense that energy shift, especially over on TikTok. I'm doing a lot more like calming energy. And that's because I have spent a lot more time and evolved into my heart center. And I've been growing and evolving into my throat chakra, which is your, your truth and filtering out in, in and out truth. And in moments of trouble, the truth matters. And the truth is that, yeah, this was not something that I had wanted to happen. And yeah, it absolutely was a tremendous loss. What's truer than this? That I love myself. And I will continue to love myself through losses and trauma and trouble. And the most loving thing to do in the actual moment is to feel it.
and then afterwards to nurture yourself. And I'm still in that nurturing phase, to be quite honest. I'm spending almost all my time parasympathetically reading, journaling, um, hiking, meditating. I I wrote in my journal last night, why do I feel like I'm waiting for something? And so when this is surfacing, coming up, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. Because this is part of the human experience. And the truth is we need to start talking about the human experience. And we need to start growing through the human experience like the human beings we are. Which is that we came here to learn. How am I learning and finding meaning through this? by actually going through it instead of just like numbing myself into oblivion which is what I've done with so many things that have happened in my life assigning a story where I was why is this always happening to me bad things are always happening to me like I don't live by that story I don't even invite it in but when those thoughts arise I hear them I pay attention to them. They're coming from a place of fear, which is a place of ego that I'm small. And, and I feel there's nothing that makes you feel smaller than, than a loss like miscarriage. But you're not so small. You're not so small. And you've got to give yourself some love right now. And that's just what I kept telling myself over and over, and it's what I keep telling myself. I am just giving myself an unlimited supply of compassion, kindness. And if that means I'm not getting tons of work and productivity done right now, I honestly, it doesn't really bother me. My ego keeps thinking, like, why am, that's what I wrote about last night. Why am I, does it feel like I'm waiting for something? Like, I just feel like I, it's not like I don't care about the other things. It's that I can feel energetically that the best way to support myself right now is to support myself. You know? On, a, on a, all levels, on a holistic level. And I honestly think that this is happening so that it teaches me to do this even when there's not moments of, of trouble and trauma. When, so that I am always this kind and compassionate to myself. And I think, honestly, that is a huge lesson that I needed to learn. I preach it so often, and one of the, the shadow sides of being a guide... Um, I was reading this in Think Like a Monk. There's a personality test, and I'm sure you're not going to be surprised, but one of the things, the the answer that I got, I'm a guide. And since I offer you guidance, that's probably not a huge surprise. But one of the shadow sides um, of of being a guide is that sometimes you don't take your own advice. And sometimes I ask you to be kind and compassionate, and um, yeah, I work myself like a horse and realizing that 
just being is enough. Just being here is enough. I am enough. And that I'm enough while I'm experiencing all these feelings and while I'm experiencing all these emotions and that just growing through this right now, um, that that's enough. I don't need to be so... I think a lot of times we get so worried. We're like, oh my gosh, all these other things are going to collapse around me. My, my job, my work, my friends. And then the, almost that chaos becomes a black hole and it starts to eat other chaos. Um, and, and you start to attract to yourself all these really crappy things. And trust me, that has happened. It seemed like for me, I was like a tornado um, when I was younger. And I look at it now and it's honestly like I never showed myself any allowance of love and compassion. I was actually quite demeaning to myself. And like I felt sad, but I didn't ever treat myself like I loved myself. Instead, I felt sad and I was awful. I deserved this. I did not deserve this, but it happened. It's uncomfortable, and it happened. Not resisting where I am, not creating that suffering, and feeling the entirety of what I'm feeling allows me to move forward. And I'm moving forward at my speed. I am not out there, you know, two weeks later running a, you know, a half marathon. I'm pretty tired, to be honest. It's not tired like I feel like I'm wearing myself out, but almost like I'm, I am still filling my cup back up after that. And I don't think that there's like a time, like I said, I don't have a time limit there. And I think that I I look at times like this in my life previously and in life with my friends and and stuff. And I have heard my friends say, my best friends say, I feel like you're going to be tired of me saying this, but I'm I'm still not over it. I'm, I'm really sad again today. And I tell her, it's okay. I was not ever thinking that you you should you should be already over this because i love you and i'm and i'm here for you and how can i support you now and in these moments we can't just do that for our best friends in fact we must do it for ourselves okay my friend i I don't have much more to give uh, today here, but I just wanted to let you in and let you know that healing is possible. And when healing is possible, things do happen. Trouble happens. Trauma happens. Tragedy happens. And that doesn't mean that your healing goes off the wall or that you're now going to plummet into something that you can't get out of. 
but it does mean that you move through this with grace and kindness for yourself because you no longer punish yourself. You're no longer going to be playing the role of victim and villain. You are the hero. And remember, in every single story, the hero goes through tragedy and they rise. And they still get sad and they still get hurt and they still sometimes feel like they, I mean, you think about it in almost every story when any hero gets like a tra trauma happens, sometimes they have like a rehabilitation phase. So why are you not allowing yourself that? And why are you saying you're victim to this? And creating that narrative. You don't want to be victim. The victim gets carried off the stage at the end of the story. You never hear from him again. But just because you're going through something sucky. And that you think that it sucks. And that you're feeling those feelings. Doesn't mean that you're not still your hero. You get a pick. You get to choose. And you can choose from the floor. And you can choose from the bed where your arms aren't moving and your legs aren't moving and you're just sobbing and you're throwing up into a bowl. And you can choose now. Where the event is said and done and you're moving forward. Bravely and kindly and compassionately for yourself. Without judgment. But with love. Now I really hope that you don't go through this. But I know that something in some form has happened to you this year. And I just hope that you can show up. For yourself the way that. You would show up for me. The way that you would show up for your best friend. The way that you would show up for anyone because you are love and you are kind and you are compassionate and you're generous with that and this is just a reminder that you too can do that for you and that that is what healing's all about okay my friend have a beautiful day I'm so grateful I'm so grateful to be here this has been really healing. This has been really healing. Okay. By the way, something I've been finding really, really powerful recently is getting back into some of the old things that I used to do as a child, which was reading and writing music and um, like being outside. I've been doing each one of these things every day, grounding going on hikes, uh, reading and journaling, and singing, playing the guitar. And honestly, even though I'm, I'm...
Take me back to the